Welcome to the show. This week's guest, I'm really excited to speak with her. She's got a brand new single out. So she's got some great things happening for her in her career. And uh, let's bring her on. Genevieve Fisher, how's it going? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you? Good. How is uh, self-isolation treating you? You know what? I can't complain. I'm doing good. It's it's uh, Obviously, it's been a little bit lonely. I... Uh, you know, miss my my family and my friends, but uh, thank goodness for FaceTime and Google Duo and House Party and all those apps. But you know what? For the most part, I'm kind of embracing it. I've just been, you know, playing around on the piano a lot, learning some covers, even learning some of my own music, as funny as that sounds, because I don't normally perform, like, play an instrument so it's been really nice actually well i noticed that uh you had a and i told scotty uh before we started this that he needs to check out your uh disney challenge because stephen lee olson (laughs) gave you a challenge to uh to play a disney tune and you did can you feel the love tonight from the lion king and you did (laughs) such a great job Thank you. Yeah, when so when Stephen had tagged me in that, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to sit down at the piano and figure out how to do this. <laughs> and I mean, I do play piano; it's um, like one of my instruments. But um, I've just found over the years, you know, you rely so much on your band, and you know, when you're a solo artist and you perform, I mean, I, I mean, I know so many artists do play guitar, but for me, it's just me up there and and kind of just giving her on stage and dancing around so but that was so fun to do that disney challenge i actually the one night when i was coming up with the lyrics i actually started like dying laughing especially <laughs> about <laughs> how canada has a remedy in smoking a big doobie <laughs> <laughs> so if you're feeling a little stressed or on edge just you can go online and order <laughs> order a fatty <laughs> We are off to an amazing start here. (laughs) First of all, we wanted to uh, congratulate you on your brand new single, Someone Else. That is a great tune, girl. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Who wrote it? Okay, so I co-wrote it with Karen Kazowski and Emily, who I love both of those girls so much. They're so much fun. And uh, yeah, it it was a really cool song to write. I mean... I, I really enjoy telling the story behind the song because it's very authentic and I feel like um, it's a bit of a breath of fresh air for me to actually open up about, you know, the struggles that, you know, I've I've gone through as an artist and, you know, that's kind of how someone else came to be. I was kind of struggling at the time. I had just finished performing at a show in my hometown that didn't really go over too well. I didn't get the turnout I was hoping for and... You know, I just, I poured my heart and soul into this whole show. And uh, the next day I was flying out to Nashville. And I remember I like was bawling <laughs> the next morning in my in my room packing. And um, when I got on my flight, I started jotting down some, you know, just ideas and, and the emotions that I was feeling and going through. And that's when I came up with the title, Someone Else, and came up with the whole idea behind the song being like, if you could just see yourself through the eyes of someone else, you know, you wouldn't doubt yourself or you wouldn't look at yourself in such a negative light that you would just embrace, you know, who you are, where you're at and just, and just kind of 
roll with it. So that's kind of how the song came to be. You probably do have certain expectations from yourself and in your craft. And when you feel uh, disappointed, that's obviously something difficult to deal with. Yeah. And I I just find it so easy to like uh, beat yourself up. Honestly, like I, I feel for me personally, I think when something doesn't go right or I, I feel like, oh man, I really messed up or uh, maybe I'm not doing things right. You really just genuinely start to like hound yourself on, on things. And I mean, there's only so much you can do as a, as an artist, especially as an independent artist. So this song for me was a, a kind of an anthem to be like, I guess just more positivity to bring some more positivity in my life because both of you know, being in this industry, it can be really hard on you. Mm-hmm. And exactly like you said, Amy, it's like you can be super hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's that's all I can really say. <laughs> but you know what, Jen, though? Good for you for taking something negative and harnessing that and, and creating something so positive. I mean, I, I feel like that song could, could be an anthem for anybody who's gone through some stuff. You know, it's Absolutely. it's just so important to uh, to be able to take the stuff that you've gone through and turn it into, uh, you know, something positive that you can put back out into the world. Thank you so much. I was just saying to Scotty uh, before we got on the call with you, too, that I felt like when you listen to that song, it's kind of in the same vein as like a Madeline Merlot, Dear Me, right? Where it's, yeah, yeah. it's about self-care and, and, yes. and being kind to yourself. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it doesn't matter age, size, gender, anything. We all have insecurities. And I mean, I, I've I've said this all the time that we're our own worst critic. And I mean, everybody, everybody knows that. But um, it's so easy to look at yourself in the mirror and nitpick at every little thing. But in the grand scheme of it, if someone were to look at you, they're most likely going to look past, you know, that pimple you have on your face or, you know, the couple of pounds you might have gained. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I think that social media has had a huge impact on that, obviously. And it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. Like, I even remember saying to my husband, like, I, I love to work out. It's it's a hobby of mine. I, I do it for my mental health. But I remember, you know, scrolling through some uh, fitness accounts on Instagram and being like, oh, like, I, I really want to look at her. And then like, I've had moments of like, what am I saying? <laughs> like, why would I want to be someone else or look like someone else when I'm, I'm me and I'm, that's never going to change. I'm never going to be someone else. So why am I wishing that? Just embrace who you are and freaking rocket. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> totally. And what's the saying? Comparison is the thief of joy. Totally. So yes. Just totally. swing in your own lane. Mm-hmm. We're always our own worst enemy in terms of pointing out our own flaws. I feel like, you know, if, if I look at myself in the mirror, I see things in a different way than, you know, you would see me or Amy would see me. If we were able to loosen our grip on, uh, on the self-deprecation, I think we'd all be a little bit better off. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Another big congratulations because, of course, along with the new single, you are now nominated for the Country Music Association of Ontario for Female Artist of the Year. So a holler. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Even just like the recognition, honestly, for me, it's like to win an award, of course, is, it would be awesome. But you know, to be up there beside Meg and, and Jess and Leah um, and Nicole Ray and Tiana, it, you know, it's it's awesome. So I'm, I'm uh, super proud. And it's just 
you know, one of those things where it's like, ah, all that hard work and has, has somewhat paid off. You know what I mean? Just for that recognition. So that's, that's really awesome. Well, and you've been at this a long, long time, haven't you? Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think like I've been doing this for 10 plus years (laughs) because it just feels like yesterday that I really, you know, started to get my foot in the door. It literally feels like yesterday that I released July to radio, which was back in 2011. It's just, and it's also so crazy to look at how many new artists have, have kind of come out of the woods over the last 10 years. It's, it's crazy. So take us back uh, 10 years ago to a uh, younger Genevieve Fisher who was just getting into uh, making music as a profession. Um, how did this all start for you? It all kind of started when I was 16. I've actually been working with my manager, Ramos, since I was 16. And we kind of grew together in terms of the industry. The first big step that I took was actually going down to Nashville and recording my first album there. And I remember we started to connect with some songwriters because on my first album, of course, I recorded some songs that I did not write. So we slowly started to get our foot in the door with with some songwriters. And that's how things really started to spiral. I just started to create those networks and, and relationships with songwriters um, and one of the first people that I co-wrote with was a girl named Jennifer Schott um, and she's written songs for Pam Tillis, Tim McGraw, Eli Young Band mm-hmm. um, but she uh, she's an amazing songwriter. She's been writing for 20 plus years and she's kind of like a sister to me in Nashville. I, I stay with her all the time. It's funny when people have asked me you know how did you you know, just start going down to Nashville. And to be honest, it's all about just like reaching out to people. So that's what we did. And then in 2015, I feel like that's when things really started to rev up for me. I started to work with a producer based out of Nashville. His name is Jason Massey. And we co-wrote a song called Blame It On You. And him and I actually co-wrote Take It On Home Together, which was the first song that really did like extremely well for me on radio. It hit top 20. But even in terms of when I look at performing, I would literally perform anywhere and everywhere possible. Mind you, I was, we were very, not reluctant to perform in my hometown, but I didn't want to overexpose myself to my hometown that people would get sick of seeing me. (laughs) So a lot of my career has been trial and error. And I think that's what's really helped me grow as an artist and, you know, gain confidence and be comfortable in my in my own skin as, as an artist. So that's kind of a little bit of my story. <laughs> so as an independent artist, Jen, you just mentioned your first big song at radio. That happened nine yeah. years in. So how do you yeah. sort of navigate that mentally as you, you know, you're, you're going to Nashville, you're writing these songs, you're producing these records, uh, but you're not quite cutting through yet. How, yeah. do, how do you keep going for the people that are out there who are doing it the same way that you are? Yeah. Uh, how do you keep going? I think for me, the music, honestly, I know that sounds a little cliche or maybe corny, but like it was the music that kept me going because every song that I would write or that I'd release to radio that maybe didn't do as well, it was like, sorry to say this, but like lit a fire under my ass. Like I'd be like, okay, yeah. it didn't do that well. So now I'm going to go back and I'm going to try to write the best song possible. So it was always, don't get me wrong. There's obviously some songs that I've, you know, written that 
it's more of an emotional thing for me and it's a song maybe that I'll use the song as an example. I, I released a song called 1943 and it's a song that I wrote about my grandmother. And as sad as it is to say, I knew it wasn't going to do well on radio. Not that it wasn't a good song. I just feel like maybe that for the times, it does have that old school country feel. But for me, it was a song that I wanted to write for my Nana and it was just a, such a special song. But in terms of like a radio, you know, hit single or whatever, for me, it was always the music that kept me going. It was like, okay, even other artists, like seeing what other artists were doing and it was like, okay, not that I was um, jealous or anything, but I would be like, that was an amazing song and I would kind of feed off of other artists as well. So it's, it's that push, right? You need to have that drive in this industry because it can eat you up, honestly. Right, right. <laughs> And it's interesting, too, because like I, I feel I feel the same way, you know, it's it's yeah. the music that drives me and I can't not do it. Uh, yes. Right. That's the biggest thing for me. And and so, you know, I'm, I'm very much in in the same situation as as you were up until you had that top 20 uh, where, yep. where, you know, you just you continue to write, you continue to record, you continue to put stuff out and just hope that something sticks to the wall. But at the end Absolutely. of the day, I have to do it. Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to yes. I'll, I'll lose my mind if I'm not writing or recording and, and putting stuff out in the the world so so okay so now tell me and everybody else who's in the same boat what it's like to to navigate those first nine years and then finally have that hit what does that feel like I mean it's for me when I like when I found out that it had hit top 20 it was a very surreal moment to be completely honest um I was very humbled by it and I had a couple moments where I was like is this really happening? But along with the excitement, there's also a little bit of fear and a little bit of pressure because now it's like, okay, so I've had a song that has hit top 20. How do I one-up this? Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's a lot of pressure. And once again, if you don't deliver, it's I get back to the whole beating yourself up. Sure. But. Another thing that I feel like is a big factor is there's a lot of amazing artists out there. So as much as they're your friends, and I have some amazing friends in this industry that I wouldn't trade for the world, but they, they are your competition a little bit in terms of, you know, getting that spot on radio. But I never look at them as competition in terms of, um, how do I say this? I mean, we're each our own artists. We're mm -hmm. Sure. All totally very, very different. So not competition in that sense, but I guess competition in terms of like getting on the, on the radio. And I mean, as an independent artist, it is harder. And you, you know, this Scotty, it's mm. hard for us to, to, to get those spots because, you know, there's the American artists and the huge Canadian artists that of course deserve every aspect of that. Right. So it's just, navigating as an independent artist can be really tricky sometimes and you need to be creative and you you I feel like need to constantly be coming up with different ideas of how to how to get out there how to get your name out there how to um, market yourself differently so you know after having taken on a home hit top 20 I also was not opposed to looking at other songs that I maybe didn't write if it was a really really great song that I thought okay even though I didn't write this and it sucks that I didn't have a hand in it, 
if it's a great song, I'm not opposed to recording it because I also want to show the industry that I can deliver. So I think if you're an up and coming artist and you're kind of trying to find your footing, never be opposed to looking at other other songs that maybe you, you didn't write. Did you feel earlier in your career that you wanted to be exclusive to only recording songs that you wrote yourself? You know what? No, I was never opposed to recording other people's songs, but there is that aspect of feeling that personal connection to a song, even in terms when, as a singer, singing a song that you didn't write, it's kind of interesting to have to find your own way to put your own spin on it. Whereas if you wrote a song, it's yours. That's that's your little baby, right? You you wrote it. You're the one who came came up with the, you know, maybe the melody or the chorus or or whatever aspect that you had in the song. But for me, like the first album that I recorded, majority of the songs on it were songs that I did not write. But then again, I feel like hearing those songs kind of started teaching me a little bit more about songwriting, which kind of seems weird because I didn't write them but just listening to other people's music it it was another learning aspect yeah I want to chase this down a little bit more as in terms of the uh the independent artist approach sure just as sort of uh, a public service for uh for the guys who are trying to come up as well how do you navigate building your team how do you navigate the business side as someone who really outside of you know writing the songs that you had written and recording those songs at that time how do you carve out your little spot yeah so I mean your the team is everything I mean I've been working with my manager for 10 plus years now and as the years kind of went on and as we as we kind of grew as a as our little team we did start bringing in some other people and of course I I do consider my producer Jason as being part of my team but your team is everything and I I think that you need to find someone who especially if you're just starting out as an, as an independent, you need to find someone that you trust. Um, someone who has your best interest is very important. And I mean, for me, it took me a long time to actually grow my team because when I first was releasing songs to radio, my manager was the one pushing them. And then as the years kind of went on, we thought, you know what, it's maybe time to bring in someone who maybe knows a little bit more. So then that's when we all, brought on Rob Chuby, um, who's my radio promo guy. And it might take you a really long time to build your team. I mean, something that's been, I'm not going to lie, a little bit frustrating for me has been like getting a, a PR company. It's been a lot harder than I thought. Um, you know, as soon as we thought something was going to work out, all of a sudden one of their artists needed them to focus a little bit more on them. So they weren't able to take me on as an artist. So I feel like you can't let little things like that discourage you. It just might not be your time. And I'm a true believer in timing is everything. Absolutely. And you shouldn't rush to, to get your team together just because you feel like, oh my gosh, I need a team. I need I need a manager. I need a booking agent. I need a PR. I need mar- someone to help me marketing. Because you can sometimes start to overdo it and overthink things. And then things might not really work out the way that you want. So for me, it's been a slow process. And I mean, at the point that I'm at now in my career, you know, we are getting to a point where we want to grow our team a bit more and even potentially look at 
a label or, or, or whatnot. And mind you, this has taken me a long time to, to get there, but it's been my own path and it's kind of been my own choice to take this time. And it's funny because sometimes I'll hear people like, don't you feel like you should be further in your career? And it's like, maybe, maybe I should, but I'm actually really happy with where I'm at. And no one has ever asked me if I'm, if I'm happy with where I'm at. Right. So if you feel like happy with where you're at, then that's probably a really good sign that you're doing things at your own pace. That's just one piece of advice I have. Never rush rush things because you think it might be awesome because at the end, it might not be that awesome. <laughs> so just be, I, I always, not that I warn people, but it's like, just take your time when you're, you know, making decisions about, about your team or, or the direction you want to take. Yeah, Amy interviewed me a couple of weeks ago, and it was basically a, a similar response. I, I said, you know, you just can't forget to enjoy the ride. You know, it's, it, yes. it's so frustrating when, you know, you're, you're putting your, what, you, what you feel is your best foot forward and you don't get the, uh, the traction that you feel you deserve. Um, yeah. But, man, if you don't enjoy it along the way... It's, it's just, just it. it sucks, you know, and, um, Absolutely. so just, yeah, uh, if, if I can add one thing to what you just said is just to try to find contentment, uh, with where you're at and, uh, Absolutely. yeah. And bringing it back yeah. to, uh, building your team too, uh, it's probably, uh, crucial that your team really understands, uh, your vision of where you want to go and how you want to build who you are as an artist. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, that's obviously huge because you as an artist probably have an idea of like the image you want. So you want to make sure that you are working with someone who and who believes in you, right? Because the last thing you want is to be working with someone who, and I mean, I'm sure there are scenarios where an artist might work with someone who, you know, maybe feels that they want, they want to change the way you maybe look or the way you dress or something like that. And I mean, if you're cool with that, then then great. But if it's something that you're hesitant to, don't just do it because you think it's going to get you further. Because one thing I've always said is like, you need to stay true to who you are because if you're not your authentic, genuine self, like then who's going to really believe in you? Or, well, or people see through that too, if you're not authentic. Exactly. Exactly. And and I'm a firm believer in staying true to your roots and yeah, never, never changing because you, you feel like you need to fit a certain mold or, or whatnot, because at the end of the day, if you're you, that's, what's going to sell. So uh, talking more about image, do you feel as a woman in the music industry, do you feel like, uh, image is much more scrutinized for women than for men? This is a tough question because yes, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, I don't think that anyone would ever say something, you know, to you about your image or, you know, the way you look to your, your face per se. But I think as women, and Scotty, don't take offense to this. I, I hope you don't. But like, I think for men, it's easy for them to just like roll out of bed, quickly do their hair, throw some clothes on and go and do press. Whereas for women, I'm sure that if I rolled out of bed, someone would not want to see me like that on camera. And maybe that's a personal thing. Maybe that's what I'm internalizing. And I'm, I believe, but for me, 
a huge part of like doing my hair and makeup. I do it for myself too, because that's, I feel best when I, when I do that, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I have no issue, you know, going to a sound check or doing an interview, you know, with someone and not wearing any makeup. Like I'm, it's not that I'm insecure in that sense, but I definitely do feel that when we're on stage, if you're not quote unquote looking the part, are people going to take you as seriously? And tell me what you guys think about that. Hey, that's a great, no, you answered that really well. I I think from, from a, woman's perspective that you hit the nail on the head it's it's fitting it's fitting that uh fitting that role i mean Mm. how you look on stage and i don't know scotty how do how are you how do you feel it like from a men's point of view well i i think jen's right i think you know i i (laughs) i was at a ccma thing in saskatoon in 2012 or 2013 i think and we did a cbc morning show and there were three artists in this interview at one time which was very interesting you know derek rattan was one of those guys he showed up you know in in kind of grubby not grubby but like you know it wasn't (laughs) stage clothes let's just put it that way right um (laughs) you know and he normally would show up with contacts he was wearing glasses and there was another guy that was in that interview who I'm pretty sure was still drunk from the party the night before. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the, yeah. the expectations to a certain extent are lower on us. I remember being in Peace River, Alberta, when I was doing my radio tour and... I slept in my car for three months while I drove across the country and did these uh, radio morning shows and whatever. So wow. I, I slept on the curb by the railroad tracks in in Peace River, and I woke up, uh, you know, 30 minutes before I was supposed to be on the air, got changed, did something with my hair that didn't look horrible after sleeping in my car, and then <laughs> went to, and, and did the, the interview. And I just don't think that you, if you were in the same situation, would have the ability to do that in the same way that I did. Um, no, exactly. Right. So so I think there are expectations put on women that just aren't there for men. Um, yeah. Is that fair? I don't think so. But it, it's sort of the reality. I yeah. Mean, like it or not. Right? I mean, I think we should uh, we should all get together, all of us women, and uh, just go do a bunch of press in our sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> unified I (laughs) I wanted to make a point because I feel like you guys will probably agree I think depending on what your image is okay so like for instance Scotty you were talking about the guy who's you're like I'm pretty sure he like rolled out of bed and was still drunk from the night before let's be honest if I did that I feel like someone would almost view that as like trashy like oh my god she like smelled like booze still like i feel like her makeup was all over her face like whereas a guy it might almost be viewed as like oh that's hilarious that's so cool what an awesome dude right but it's like for a woman to do that it's like hey you know sometimes we do like to let loose and get, get a little wild and crazy but i feel like we would just never do that because for us it's a little bit unacceptable because it's again, looks sort of trashy. Well, you're just so highly scrutinized, you know, and, and to me, I mean, it's, it's about the music, right? If you can't deliver musically, then just stay home. Um, (laughs) you know, and, and I just don't, I just don't think that it should be that important. And I, you know, I do understand from a business standpoint that it is important, but God, I wish that it wasn't right. I wish. Yeah. I, I miss the days when ugly people could make music, quite frankly. <laughs> oh my 
gosh. Well, like, when you really look back, and I mean, sorry. It's, it's hilarious, but it's true. <laughs> no, I, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, like, this artist was not good looking, but you look back in, in the day, like, like a Patsy Cline. Like, it's not that Patsy Cline was some, like, bombshell skinny what like she you know that mold of i feel like what social media has made as the norm is like you should be like a blonde bombshell and curvy and and whatnot and you look back and it was about the music yeah. she was a phenomenal singer and songwriter yeah and i'll like I'll throw it to um, uh, Boots and Hearts. I had an opportunity to interview Ashley McBride. And Ashley McBride has, you know, she's really smashed the borders of the norm because, you know, she's tatted and she's badass. And she marches to the beat of her own drum. And I just think that's that's how it should be. Just be who you want to be. Exactly. I I totally agree. And it's it's funny because... Something I've always said, it's like, don't get me wrong, I love to throw down sometimes and party, but like, I'm not a huge party girl. It's not like every weekend I'm out getting drunk with friends. And there have been moments where I've been at industry events where I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I am still, even though I've been around for a long time, I still feel like I'm getting my footing in with the industry and, you know, getting to know people. And sometimes I've gone to events and I just have that moment of like, I feel like I don't fit in because I'm not... I'm not a super like, hey, I'm going to get completely hammered at this event when everyone else is. And that's also an interesting thing is like industry events and whatnot. I'm, you know, I'm not one to like get, you know, really drunk. And I feel like sometimes at these events, that's what a lot of people do. So there's that too. But I think I need to step back and be like, okay, it's okay that you don't want to do that. You can still have fun and not, you know, drink. I don't know. That's just another whole aspect. Mm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can leave the drinking to me. I'm cool with that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like to uh, drink my bottles of wine every once in a while. <laughs> no but actually, here. you know what, guys? I need to rewind, though, a little bit. I think that maybe there have been moments at industry events where I'm afraid to get drunk because I'm worried about what people might say. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. But isn't that a little messed up? It, it is. <laughs> and again, it's it comes down to that gender thing. If you were a dude, yeah. it would be a totally different thing, I think, in your head, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, too, I'm like, ah, uh, I'm a little scared if I were to get drunk and might say something bad that I shouldn't say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm queen of putting my foot in my mouth. I totally, I, I get that. You can also leave that to me. <laughs> That's cool. Just stick with, just stick with me at these things. I'll make you look great. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> That's that's I funny because it. it's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jen, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about your heroes for a second. Who uh, who shaped Genevieve Fisher as a songwriter, and who shaped her as uh, as a singer? Uh, I would say singer Shania Twain. I have always been a huge like even since I was little Shania Twain songwriter Taylor Swift. When she put out her first album, I remember listening to that damn album over and Mm. over and over again and I remember thinking she's so young and she's such a good songwriter and I was obviously really young at the time I mean at that point Taylor Swift was huge when I was starting to like 
become interested in songwriting. I mean, I've been singing since I was little. I was in my very first singing competition at the age of two. But um, in terms of like, yeah, I was two years old at the Ilderton Fair and I sang You Are My Sunshine. Oh, <laughs> there needs to be video of that somewhere. I do. I have a video. Actually, it's on my Dropbox. I should send it to you guys. If you, if you send it um, to us, we'll put it up on our socials. Okay, cool. Yeah, when we put this episode I don't know how to make it. I'm, like, not techie at all because I've been wanting to post it on my socials, but I can't. I can't figure out how to do it, guys. Honestly, I'll do it for me you. And technolo- okay, sounds yeah, good. Send Perfect. it to me. I'll, do, I'll, I'll package it up for you. <laughs> yeah, um, Scotty's a whiz at those things, so he'll fix you up. Okay, good. Yeah, so in terms of singer, Shania Twain, I've always been a huge fan of her voice. I've always thought her voice is freaking phenomenal. Um, and even when I was little, I remember my nan and gramps always playing like Patsy Cline and Brenda Lee. I love Brenda Lee's voice. Cool, yeah. Like Brenda Lee's voice to me is like, perfection um but i will say more recently songwriting Marin morris like and ashley mcbride they're just phenomenal like you listen to some of their songs and you're like oh my god why didn't i think of that like or i wish i wrote that song i um, wish i came up with the line one night standards right i yeah. mean come on i love that song yeah so good but yeah like even when Marin morris first kind of came on the scene with my church i remember being like this chick is sick i (laughs) i want to be her um but no she uh, that's those are some people that i really have looked up to and i mean shania twain listened to her albums like over and over and over again growing up all right jen let's move on to a segment that we like to call turn us on this is uh where we get you to turn us on to something that you've discovered that you can't live without Mm. and it could be a tv show it could be a musical artist a book uh okay something that is uh, in in your life right now that you want us to know about give me a second to think because i'm a huge foodie like Ooh, honestly, okay. I'm a like I love I I've said to people, if I wasn't in the music industry, I would want to be a chef. Are you a Food Network junkie? Y- um, yes and yes, yes I am. I will say yes, yes. <laughs> okay, <I am. laughs> so so what have you made uh, with this whole self isolation thing that is absolutely delicious? Okay, so I I have been making a homemade bread in my. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what, like, what's wrong with me? I feel like I'm so immature in my Dutch <laughs> oven. I don't know why. I'm, I don't know why I laugh every time I say that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but this bread, <laughs> this bread, you guys, is insane. Like, my husband, the one night, was like, this is the best fucking bread I've ever had. I'm like, <laughs> what kind of bread is it? It's the most simple recipe, but I don't know if it's just how it's cooked in the oven, but it's like a very, like, even my mom was like, so how long do you need it? I'm like, no, you don't. You put all all the ingredients in a bowl, mix it on up, let it set for eight hours. That's the only crappy part is like, you got to wait those eight hours. Um, I, I don't know. It's just phenomenal. It's the best bread I've ever had. I'll share the link with you guys, but um what else have I made? I like, I make this really good, um, uh, coconut red Thai curry soup. Oh yeah. And, um, 
yeah, I just love playing in the kitchen and playing around with different recipes. Um, my mom's Italian. She was born in Italy. So I recently started making like a homemade lasagna with homemade noodles. Um, so that's been really fun, but yeah. So cooking is like up there on, on the scale for me. I like, love it. You know what you should try if you have a Dutch oven, you should try (laughs) There's a Dutch oven again. Um, you should try, I just recently started making jerk chicken. Oh, and I'm telling you, it's like it's first of all, it's a flavor profile that I don't really use a lot. So, you know, learning about, uh, you know, how to properly use cloves and nutmeg and things like that. Right. It's it's just so, so good. And you throw it in that Dutch oven. You uh, put all this juice in the chicken. Oh, it, it just it just melts. It's. That, oh man, the best. Yeah, yeah. that's cool because I just made some craft dinner for lunch today, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> Guilty pleasure of mine, though. Sidekicks. My husband's like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I don't know." Do you mean it just by itself? Yes. What's wrong with me? Literally, I made a sidekick yesterday, and I'm like, "This is amazing." That's awesome. You do you, girl. Yeah, they're so good. But yeah, okay, I'm trying to think of like something else. Got what are you watching right got... now on Netflix or Amazon or whatever? Kind of a funny thing about me, not a huge TV gal. Okay. Like I like Netflix. Guys, what do I do for fun? What's wrong with me? You're like so... <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of something else I've kind of come on to. I don't know, guys. That's cool. I don't know. That's all right. The food thing, that's uh, amazing. The food thing. You know what would be cool, too, is if maybe you did a, considering, you know, we're all stuck in our houses right now, you considered, like, doing a little cooking. A little tutorial. A little tutorial for us who are not very smart in the kitchen. Please, for for Amy's (laughs) sake. (laughs) Oh, my. Well, it's funny because I have on my Instagram stories. Like the one night I make this tilapia dish with um, a homemade sauce. Yeah. <laughs> that my mom made. So every September, it's tradition in our family, we make our homemade tomato sauce. And when I say traditional, I literally mean like standing over a fire with like a cauldron of tomato, <laughs> oh, like pure yeah. tomatoes, right? Um, but it's a whole process. Like you have to core the tomatoes, cut them up. Uh, boil them down, put them through a strainer where it takes the uh, skin off them. And essentially it's a pure tomato sauce. There's really nothing in it. It's all about after you open the jar and spicing it up at that point. But my mom makes a special uh, tomato sauce called, um, um, oh shoot, what's it called? Crap, you guys, I'm forgetting what it's called. Anyways, it's more of a crushed tomato sauce that has like hot peppers in it and lots of basil. Like a marinara? Anyways, no, it's um oh my god, this is going to drive me insane <laughs> cuz I didn't make it this year. My mom and my sister made it. Um a pizziola sauce. That's what oh, it's called, pizziola. Cool. So it's yeah, it's more of a crushed tomato, but I make a tilapia dish with it and literally you dice up onions and a bit of olive oil and then you just add the the sauce in it and you let it simmer. I even will add like a bit of white wine and then once it's cooked and and all the flavors have kind of melded together, you add in put your tilapia right in the sauce and just let it cook a little bit until obviously the fish is cooked. I'm so starving <gasps> right now. So, I'm, right? I'm I'm drooling. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so like the flavors in it are so good. And then I also so I did a, a tutorial on that. 
on my Instagram story. And then I did uh, kind of a traditional like risotto on, on my, my Instagram story and people loved it. They're like, I'm going to make this. I'm like, you should. That's great. It's really good. (laughs) I'll tell you what, when, when the uh, social distancing thing lightens up, let's get together and write a song and do some cooking together. I love it. I'm down. Okay, so now we've got uh, one last thing before we let you go. Uh, it's called okay. Five Things, so we're just going to ask okay. you five different questions and answer them as quickly as you can. Okay, sounds good. Okay, name three women in music that you would want on your tour. Madeline Merlot, Maren Morris, and Kelsey Main. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Love Kelsey. I uh, love her too. <laughs> what is one song that you wish you wrote? The Bones by Maren Morris. That's a great tune. Yep. Yeah. First thing that you will do after self-isolation ends? Go to Winners and Home Sense. <laughs> <laughs> Rummage through those racks. <laughs> What's an album that we need to listen to immediately? Oh, you know what? Shantaya. Have you guys heard of her? Yeah. Okay. Um, she just released an EP called Chapter One, and I think it's really, really great, and you should listen to it. <laughs> uh, my buddy Ryan Sorstad writes with her all the time. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah I love her. She's so she, she's awesome, and she has a great voice. So, Have you written with Ryan? No. I'm going to connect you. Next time you go to Nashville, I'll connect you too. He's great. Awesome. I love it. All right, last question. If you Kay. weren't in music, what else would you be doing? Okay, so obviously I said earlier I would be cooking, doing some sort of cooking, mm-hmm. or an interior designer. Nice. Multifaceted woman. <laughs> I try. Genevieve Fisher, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, coming on the show with us. Keep safe and healthy, and we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you guys so much. This was awesome. Give our best to Brian, too, okay? I will, guys. Thank you. Tell him thanks for doing everything that he's doing on the front lines. Yeah, I will. Take care, girl. Bye, guys. She's so sweet. Oh, she's so much fun. And she made me insanely hungry now. <laughs> I know, I know. Do you have any craft dinner on the go right now? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Social media. Let's talk about it. At the show on the go. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow, like, subscribe. And uh, if you have any questions for artists that we speak to, make sure you send those along because we will ask those questions. He's Scotty Kipfer. She's Amy Oust. Welcome to the show!